This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy, Kenny King Jr., and you're tuned in to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Stewie H., the UK's biggest Raider fan, and you're tuned in to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's going on, Raider Nation? Here we are, episode two. Already made tons of improvements since the last episode. Shout out to the Pillaging Podcast at Pillage Just for Fun. Make sure you check them out. They reached out to me after my first episode. They gave me some tips. I took it, man. I'm rolling with it. Got a new mic. Hopefully, I sound a little bit crisper this time. Got some new software. Still getting used to it, but so much easier to use. Got the new website up and going. Make sure you guys go check it out. RaiderCody.com. I got all the links on there. Got my SoundCloud. We're now on iTunes, baby, man. We went through the approval process. Got the iTunes podcast going. Go on that website. You'll see a shop button. Get on shop. Got my new DC4L Custom Tees t-shirt on there, man. They made me a custom t-shirt, Raider Cody podcast t-shirt. Get on there. Drop it in your cart. Grab yourself a pillaging podcast t-shirt. Grab everything you need. Enter in promo code Raider Cody. Get yourself 10% off your entire order. That's DC4LCustomTees.com, man. Make sure you check them out. But let me tell you something, guys. Everybody that's tuned in, everybody that listened to episode one, I appreciate all the support. I'll tell you what, it wasn't the best podcast, but it was a starter. I was getting a feel for things, trying to see where I wanted to go with it. But like I said, I appreciate all the love. I mean, a little bit might have been sugar-coated, but it's all right, guys. I appreciate it all. I appreciate the questions you gave me last time. I set up the new hotline this time. I mean, it's not really a hotline, but... It sounds cool to call it a hotline. So call the hotline, Raider Cody Podcast, 808-650-7220, man. It's a voicemail box. All you got to do, leave a message, drop a question, drop a topic, drop a complaint. I don't care what it is, 24-7. Leave it there. We'll cover it on the next podcast. Feature you, whatever you want done, man. Hit it up. That's 808 808- Six five zero seven two two zero man. 
and for all you guys that shared my stuff, retweeted my first episode, sharing my questions, man, this is for you. This one's going out worldwide to my Ring of Nation fans. Where you at, baby? Shout outs, shout outs, shout outs, man. All you guys, New Kung Fu, Kenny, Stewie UK, Raider VC, Raider Love 33, Tulare All Day, GB Max 6, Raider Thomas, Raider Hank, Kane MT6, Euro Tie, Razor Raider, B Valera, Bobby, Vader Raider 303, Nick Black, DW Harris, The D Mac, GBY Raider 7, Rollicking Raider, Kelly Hernandez, and Raider Arcana Man. Like I said, special shout out to the Pillaging Podcast. I appreciate you reaching out. I appreciate you sharing my stuff and getting the word around. You guys are the best, man. Let's keep this thing up. And I hopefully look forward to working with you guys in the future, man. Let's get this thing going. Let's get it going, man. Let's get it going. We're going to roll right into the segment here. Let's just cover this Charger game. I mean, ain't much to talk about with it. I mean, all around bad effort again. I feel like I'm going to talk about the same stuff I did last week with the Niner game. Except this time, I'd say our defense stepped up a little bit. I was pretty impressed with them the entire game. They're on the field quite a bit. I mean, it's something to look forward to. Something to look forward to a little bit. Uh, Martavis Bryant going down with a knee injury. Uh, I want to say it was a sprain PCL. That's not looking good. That's uh, that's some time missed right there. That's some chemistry that he's missing out on. Really hoping that Martavis could at least you know, got up in there a little bit the rest of the season, got some work in, maybe developed into that, you know, one or two wide receiver that we could use. You know, we don't need to cover, we don't need to cover three positions of wide receivers this offseason. You know, we need to solidify a couple of these guys. Seth Roberts, I mean, he ain't gonna be there. Brandon LaFell, maybe. That guy, that's a depth guy. He should not be a starter. He should not be our one, two, or three. So now we got Jordy Nelson. I mean, there's retirement rumors going around. Whether it's true or not, I guess we'll just have to see. It doesn't seem like his style to retire in the middle of the season. Uh, but obviously there's a lot of reports going around of some disgruntled player in the locker room. And it's obviously someone important enough to upset Derek Carr during his presser. Uh, so it makes sense uh, to some degree for it to be a player like Jordy Nelson, someone that he could you know probably rely on. It's obviously someone that he works with closely that could really upset him if they, if they did leave or they did retire, they did quit on us. Um, but at the same time, the Raider fan in me says, Jordy, man, if you want out, if any, whatever player you are, man, if you want out, see you, man. I mean, kick rocks. I mean, either get with us or get lost. It's how it is, man. Once a Raider, always a Raider, bro. But if you don't want to be a Raider right now, then get out straight up. But let's find a positive, man. I mean, that's what we're doing on this show. We're, I like to be optimistic. I want to be real with you. I want to give you the facts. I want to give you criticism that I see. But let's find some. Let's find something positive, you know. Uh, let's go after our punter. What's going on, Johnny Townsend? I mean, shoot, you were coming in averaging forty-two yards a punt. I mean, you're starting to irritate me. But John Gruden stuck by you. Whatever. I guess we're gonna see this guy the rest of the year. A little frustrated. But man, what a turnaround this game, Johnny. Proud of you, man. Shout out Johnny Townsend. Uh, kicked it off with uh, man, what was it? A forty-two yard run. Legit, dude. I mean. For a second there, I'm like, okay, so this guy can run it further than he can kick it. That's good. We got ourselves a real good punter. But then, man, there we are. He had, what, three punts where you just flipped the field. I think you you, you bumped your average up that game. You're 52 or 53 yards 
average punt that game. He had a 57-yard bomb at one point. Let's go, Johnny Townsend. That's what I like to see. Daryl Worley, man, still standing out, still making plays. I mean, still giving up a few big plays here and there. I mean, understandable. I mean, can we get a little safety help maybe? Is it a scheme issue? I don't know. But Daryl Worley, I like what I see. You're making some good open field tackles. You're there every time. Keep it up, man. And Raiders, lock this guy up. This is a good corner. We can't just let all these guys walk away. Lock him up. And geez, Jared Cook. Man, that stiff arm, he just threw that guy on the ground. I mean, that's that's full-blown. I mean, I haven't seen a player do that since Khalil Mack. You know, that's that's beast mode type stuff right there. I mean, yeah, that big wide-open drop catch on third down. Yikes, I was pretty upset. I, I just got a little clip of you going to the sideline. Uh, shoving another player on the sideline. You're obviously visibly frustrated. Reports came out from Chargers players after the game uh, complaining about you being chippy. I mean, I like it. I like that you're fired up, you know, but let's not take it out on our teammates, man. I mean, I get it. Maybe if they're part of the problem, maybe if they don't really care, yeah, shove them around, man. I mean, keep it up. Keep making big plays, but be careful. Be careful. Don't let yourself get too upset, man. And lastly... Kalechi Osimile, K-O, what's going on, man? I mean, do you want to be there? Do you want to be out there? Gosh, that that strip sack, that strip sack where they flipped the field, they they had a fumble recovery and ran it like 20 yards, whatever it was. If you go back and watch that replay, almost our entire offensive line hit their assignment. They did exactly what they were supposed to do. And then Kalechi Osimile, gets beat on this weak spin move that lets this guy blow right by him. That is not the Kalecchio simile I've always known. What's been going on, man? I mean, we've seen the reports from Mark Davis. We've seen everything he talked about. And one thing that obviously stood out was this questions about the Washington Redskins game. And there's not a whole lot of players that I can I can pull out of that uh, that theory and question them. But Kalecchio Assembly is one of them. After that Redskins game, whatever happened, whatever distractions it created, he's one of the players that I've seen fall off since then. What's going on? Is his heart not with this team anymore? What's going on? Because that contract tells you, you should be out there giving it your all, all the time. And I don't see it, Kletchy. But I'm telling you guys, I am getting tired of talking about these whack games. Straight up. It's not something I want to discuss at all. So what we're going to do is we're going to roll through these. I got some quick hits for you. Got these third down hits for you. Let's blow through them. Let me give you some facts. Raiders linebackers have allowed 84% completion percentage. Nine touchdowns. That's good for a perfect passer rating of 158.3. Although he's battling injury, Colt Miller has allowed the second most pressures of any tackle in the league. That's 39 pressures, although 11 of them have come in the last two games. But before this injury, Colt Miller, those first three weeks, he only gave up five pressures. I guess he has a little bit of an excuse. Marcus Gilchrist 
Kimway this week is the second highest graded safety with an 86.8 grade. Two targets, allowing one catch for four yards and an interception, baby. Mo Hurst is tied for the most sacks among rookie interior defenders this season with three and is tied for third with eight total QB pressures through week 10. Johnny Townsend has struggled with his 42.9-yard punt average, but Sunday his three punts averaged 54 yards, including a 57-yard bomb. With both running backs averaging over 10 yards per catch, it was easy to see L.A. completely planned on a running back pass-catching play with five yards to go on fourth down to seal the game. Derek Carr has been consistent in completion percentage. Despite his early struggles with turnovers, he hasn't thrown an interception in the last four games. His current pace for the season is going to be 4,200 yards, 71% completion percentage, 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and a whopping 54 sacks this season, which would be good for the 25th all-time season record. Derek Carr ranks fourth with a 55.6 accuracy rate on deep passes, but 31st with 8.5% of his attempts being deep targets. So obviously we're going to talk about the most controversial play of the whole game which in my eyes isn't the most controversial, but if you jump on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything, it's me the most talked about. The big fourth and five play, you know, where, you know, Derek buried it in the dirt. So what do people see? What am I seeing? Everyone's on there saying, just throw it up. Just throw it up. That's all you got to do. You got a better chance that way of getting the first down, right? No, dude. Here's the thing. The people saying that are the same people that complain week in and week out of him throwing interceptions. He throws that ball up. He lobs that thing up in the middle of nowhere in triple coverage somewhere. And then the storyline would have been fourth and five. Derek Carr gives up another costly turnover. See how that works? See how, those, see how the headline changes like that? That's why he didn't throw it up. We ran a play that was a screen pass. Our running backs are averaging 10 yards a catch. Both of them. Both of them are averaging over 10 yards a catch. So what do you think L.A. is going to plan on? What's been our most successful player on the field? Catching the ball. Running back. So there they are. I mean, first off, our tackles just got blown out of the water right off the bat. Both of them. Colton Miller held on a little bit. But Parker, man, Parker just got wiped out immediately. He barely even touched the guy. So he's getting defenders in his face when his only job for Derek Carr is slide out to your right a little bit. Wait for that screen to develop, right? You got to wait for the screen to develop. You got to wait for your blocks a little bit. He had like two seconds. What do you want him to get? A defender in his face. I've seen drawings coming up of Seth Roberts. Oh, Seth Roberts was right there. Did you see the defender in front of him already cutting back towards Seth Roberts? Did you see the defender, was it Ingram? Climbing in his face. Come on, man. There's so many more things you could talk about in that game besides that fourth and five play. I mean, earlier in the game, he took a shot. He overthrew his wide receiver. Why don't we talk about that? That was a complete mistake, right? Nah, we ignore that. We're just going to go straight to the fourth and five. Straight to the headline, right? Barry's in the dirt. Got scared. No. Play wasn't there. 
He threw it away. He's frustrated. The game was over. We weren't going to win the dang game. He acted like the game was on the line. We weren't going to win the dang game at that point. It was done. That's it. Buried in the dirt, just like everybody else should. Bury that play in the dirt. But from here on out, the rest of the season, what we got to start seeing is our team building confidence. The players that are going to be around, the ones that are playing hard, we got to see these guys make some plays, build some confidence, something to roll into next year feeling confident on. I mean, the main thing that I see is Derek Carr. I'm going to talk about Derek Carr a lot this episode. So if you ain't on board, you better tune out now because I'm, I'm going to cover this quite a bit right now. Derek Carr has been rumored to be scared in the pocket, happy feet, throws the ball away, jittery, whatever, seeing ghosts, hearing footsteps. I see it all. Well, this season, you know, he's on pace to take a lot of sacks. What is it, 54 sacks this season? It's a lot of hits. It's a lot of hits. And every single hit so far, he's been getting up and he's been playing on. He hasn't been getting hurt. He's been taking the shots. He's taking some big shots. Refer back to the Cleveland Brown game. Whenever he needed to go down and make that drive, he took a huge shot to the chest. I mean, something that obviously probably hurt him. He didn't talk about it. No one else bothered to, of course. You know, it wasn't anything negative. But took a shot. He kept going. He kept playing. And that stuff that he's going to take and he's going to build on next year. He's going to go into next season saying, man, I took some shots, but I'm feeling good. So look for him early next season to come out with a completely different mojo than he has the last two years. Be confident in the pocket, hopefully with some better game plans, because that's the other thing, John Gruden. I mean, you got to give the guy some time. You can blame it on our injury-riddled offensive line, but what can we do with our scheme to create some more space? I keep saying it every week. What can we do? There's got to be some more bootlegs. we got to be able to, I mean, gosh, we had the run game going. How come we couldn't sell that play action some more? I've seen a couple solid play action throws down the field that picked up some positive yards, but we couldn't roll with it. At some point, we got to find ways to make that happen, John. But here we are, man. Let's wrap it up real quick with this last segment. Going to take in these questions that you guys called in. Like I said earlier in the show, call in your questions, 808-650-7220. You'll get featured in this next segment, man. Let's go. Let's knock them out. Raider Cody, it's Savage Raider checking in. My main question was, why didn't we draft Derwin James? Everybody's watching the draft, and we take care of our offensive line. We take care of our defensive line, although still not really. And then we leave Derwin in the dust, and the only help we give our secondary is Nick Nelson, who hasn't played a regular season snap yet. So I'm looking for your answer on why we didn't take him, and would it have made a difference now if we did? Peace, Raider Nation. Oh, man. This one hits home, dude, ever since the beginning of the season. I mean, I do like Colton Miller. I do think he's going to develop into a great left tackle. Obviously, we drafted need at that point. But to see us trade down and to see Derwin James still fall down the board, I was so furious when we didn't draft that guy. I mean, I get it. John came out afterwards saying the reason I didn't pick him is because we picked Carl Joseph. Okay, so because we picked Carl Joseph, the guy that you didn't hardly give any playing time the first nine games of the season, you're going to tell me that's why we didn't draft Derwin James? Come on, man. There's got to be a better excuse there. And for your last comment with Nick Nelson, he snuck out there the last few games. He's got his snaps in. I mean, it, 
he hasn't really been thrown to very much. He's probably got a few tackles in those last two or three games. But that's where I want to see him. I want to see him in the nickel. I want to see him slide in there in certain packages, you know, get his feet wet a little bit, work him into the system a little bit heavier this offseason. But I'm really looking forward to Nick Nelson, man. I mean, I understand what you're saying. It does seem like a little bit of a wasted draft pick. Coach, it looks like a lot of times it looks like the coach aren't scheming to the players' abilities, and they're just scheming this way, and that's it. And, you know, I think a lot of times that's why we get burnt a lot. But the San Diego game looking all right. They're playing. Someone showed up finally. That's a good thing. Wapo, you have a good one. Yeah, man. Top operator, man. Good question right there, dude. I mean, our linebackers have been underwhelming for years now. And actually, we've seen a little bit of improvement now with the Chargers. Uh, just like you said, are they not playing? Are they not scheming to the players' best abilities? Well, it seems like we've already had some complaints with that. Like Rashawn Melvin, you know, saying he's not going to change his style, tweeting out some anger, whatever it is. And that's something I've kind of been worried about. Uh, we've always heard, you know, of course, we hold everybody to the Bill Belichick standard. And it seems like Bill Belichick's always the coach that can find these players and take whatever their best ability is and utilize it in a system. When it's a little bit different with John. Everybody thinks he's going to have this Bill Belichick effect, but I feel like John has this vision for every single position on his team. And if they can't do it, they're not going to be there. So that worries me a little bit, man. That worries me. But is, like you said in this Charger game, they did improve. They did improve a little bit. You know, they moved, uh, I think, Markel Lee over to strong side linebacker. That was an improvement. They've got Morrow out there a lot more. Nicholas Morrow. I always want to call him Anthony Morrow, the basketball player. Nicholas Morrow, man, he was out there. He was, I mean, he's our best coverage linebacker. Why is he not on the field more as much as they get burnt? I mean, did he finally see that? that perfect passer rating allowed by linebackers and said, oh, maybe we should throw a coverage linebacker out there and not just try and stick Carl Joseph on there when he clearly can't cover him. Excellent question, man. Excellent question. Let's hope something changes soon. I want to know why the Raiders suck so bad. Are they trying to tank this season so they can get the number one draft picked or what's going on? Are we going to start doing good in Vegas? Is that what they're waiting for? If so, they should have let me know. I would have never bought season tickets. Bye. Oh, man. Oh, I don't even know how to answer that. I mean, it's I understand. I get it. I'm a season ticket holder, too. It's difficult. It's tough times, you know. But I'll tell you what. I mean, at some point, you just you find a way to be able to still just go to the game, enjoy the game, get the tailgate on. Just hang out, man. Just have a good time. That's it. That's all you got to do. Eat good food, hang out with cool people, and try not to get too frustrated. That's all I got for you. I'm sorry. Hey, Raider Cody. This is Raider D-Max. My question is, should we pursue Le'Veon Bell, or should we pick up a running back in the next draft? I'd like to know your opinion on this. What's going on, Raider D-Max? I tell you, man. I love Le'Veon Bell. I do. I really do. A report just came out, though, man, that he's seeking quarterback money. I mean, shoot, we didn't even want to pay Khalil Mack quarterback money. Do you think John Gruden will? I doubt it. Would I like him to? If, th if this is Madden, if I got a Madden franchise, pfft, Le'Veon Bell's on my roster. Absolutely, 100%. 
But right now, I mean, shoot, we just got to wait and see. Maybe we stay in Oakland. If we stay in Oakland, maybe Marshawn Lynch comes back. You know, maybe Jalen Richard develops a little bit. Maybe we come in with one of our first rounds, maybe a late second round pick or something, and we snag Bryce Love from Stanford. That's one of the guys I like this year. Small, zippy guy. I mean, it all just kind of depends on what he develops into. But draft-wise, I don't see a whole lot. Le'Veon Bell, I don't quite see a whole lot either. Running back is, man, that's one of those positions that is hard to fill. But I'm interested to see what we do with it. Hey, Raider Cody, this is Vince, Raider Nug. Two questions. One, do you see Lynch coming back next year if they stay in Oakland? Two, the the defense do enough today to show that Gunther belongs for another season, or is he one and done? Ah, Vince, you know what, man? I kind of just kind of just answered your question previously. Right now, I think if they stay in Oakland, one hundred percent, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch comes back. And I don't know why, but I feel like somehow Marshawn's gonna find out sooner than anybody else if he's uh, if we're gonna return to Oakland or not. Because his first eligible game to return is our last home game this season against the Broncos. So if you see him there that game, if he somehow, you know, pulls some strings and gets out there, finds a way to way to play, I'm not gonna be too optimistic that we're gonna be in Oakland next year. Because that's gonna obviously be the vibe that he gets. If I feel like, you know, he's ready to come back next season, maybe, then I'm gonna be optimistic that we get a deal done with Oakland. Which it sounds like in that last Davis interview. That he has, he has a deal on the table for Oakland, even though, you know, it depends on, I, I feel like people are trying to read into it too much. He knows that the city of Oakland could take that money that he pays them for that lease deal this next year, flip it and use it to sue him, but he's still got a deal on the table for him. I feel like he's, he's you know, being, being pretty honest here. Um, everyone's calling everyone a liar now just because some of these John Gruden press conferences, but I feel like he's being pretty honest with it. And I feel like maybe we have a better chance than I originally thought to play in Oakland next year and see beast mode. But to cover your second question, Paul Gunther, I don't think one good game can secure anyone's job. But if he can keep up the job that he did against the Chargers and go at him these last few weeks, you know, maybe create some more turnovers, get some more stops, maybe generate some wins from it. We've already seen John Gruden come out and say that Paul Gunther's the the best coach he's ever seen, whatever, you know, however he said it. So if there's any bright light with Paul Gunther, then I see him being here next year. So, yeah, guys, like I said, call on the hotline, 808-650-7220. Anytime this week during the Raider game, I'll cover your stuff next week. Hey, I appreciate you all tuning in. One last shout-out, dc4lcustomtees.com. Go to my website, RaiderCody.com. There's a link there. Click on the shirt, promo code, RaiderCody. Get your shirt. Get any other shirt. Even got Pillaging Podcast on there. Shout out to them again at Pillage Just for Fun. Make sure you check out their podcast. It's about the only other one I still listen to until my Hawaiian buddy, Sean, gets his uh, fire and ice up and rolling again. But I love all you guys. I love all the shares. You know, leave some criticism for me this time, guys. There was too much love last time for my corny podcast. Give me some criticism. Give me something to talk about, guys. Let's keep this thing going. Love y'all. Let's go Raiders.